0: to be with you i've looked so forward to being with you uh knowing your pastors and watching them over the last couple years and and watching their their heart to magnify jesus i always look to what's the focal point of what people talk about and it always has to center around jesus you know a lot of people promote their ministry promote their message whatever no no i want to hear about jesus if he be lifted up he'll draw all men unto him And, uh, man, you start talking about the name of Jesus, it completely bends me off of what I think I'm going to preach on. I want to go completely that direction. Because if I could preach on anything I wanted to preach on, I'd preach on the name of Jesus. Yes, I have a CD out there, and I even go, if I, there's, if I could just preach on whatever I wanted to preach on, that's what I'd preach on. Because the name brought the same results as his physical body. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So his name means divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A suspension of the accustomed order. You say, well, I have cancer. Well, I can put something on that will suspend that. Right. Amen. Amen. His, Amen. His name means miracle. Yes. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Feast. Yes. Oh, man, I might just do a little song about the name of Jesus. I, I told Adam, please turn me off if I start singing, praise the Lord. We'll know something really bad is going on, hallelujah. I think the other day, I was, I, I was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I moonwalked. And I thought, man, I do. sometimes I'll do Yoda, sometimes I'll do whatever. And I'm like, where did that come from? I can't moonwalk. But uh, the Lord wants to get the message out so, so bad. He, he loves you, He wants to strengthen you, He wants to encourage you, and He wants to bless you. And, and uh, I wish Colleen was here with me. I don't know if you ever got to meet Colleen. Uh, I take a picture with me of her, just so people will know that she's actually real, but because I, 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 she, she doesn't go with me as much as she used to. And just to be here with you, I used to, in 1986, preach at Jonathan Del Turco's church in Boston, and then I would go up in August of every every year, go up into Maine, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and I think I preached all over Maine, all over New Hampshire, all, all over Vermont, so blessed to see the gospel going all over our country. Things that were prophesied about New England, you're a part of that. It's so amazing to be a part of what heaven is doing just before the return of the Lord. I remember word after word after word spoken about New England. Isn't it cool to be a part of the country where there, there's a heritage uh, of the courthouse square in Boston uh, where, where, where Brother Whitfield would be or different ones where the glory of God would fall? He even warned them, get out of those trees because the power of God's going to fall. You don't want to fall out of the trees. Hallelujah. So you you know you're in a revival when the power of God gets hit and everyone falls out under the power like that. It's pretty crazy. So to give you an idea where where I'm coming from uh, uh, a little bit, then I'll I'll get right into what I'm going to preach on. Because I'm a a freak about time. So uh, your pastors are so sweet. They're like to help me slow down on that. Because, you know, I have been in the meeting when Jesus had left the building and the preacher didn't know. We've all been there, Right. (laughs) He, he left and waved, and the preacher kept going. We've all been in those meetings. I'm like, the Lord left an hour ago, and you're still going. So I'm super conscious of your time, and I'm cautious not to abuse that. So we'll hit it hard and fast here in a minute. But to give you an idea of where I'm coming from, I, uh, like I said, I, I'm Colleen's my wife. I have a wonderful daughter and son in law. I have two grandbabies. I was with them this last week, and I thought to myself, I need some Red Bull, I need some rock star drinks. <laughs> To keep up with those grandkids, I need to—I need some supernatural intervention of something. Hallelujah. So I was blessed to speak in a church down there Norm DuVoice. that was there Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, but the only other times so I got to be with my kiddos. Had such a great time. But I live in Tulsa, and I grew up in Louisiana, and my mom, she got a hold of the Word in 1970. We went and heard Kenneth Hagan in a church in Shreveport. It was the headquarters for the Voice of Healing. If you remember the Voice of Healing in, the, in the 1948 to 1958, was a, a group of ministers. This is what they called their publication, uh, a, a publication of end time slash sign gift ministries. And so there were all these, you walk in that church, and uh, you see pictures of William Branham, A.A. A. Allen, uh, Jack Coe, all these guys that had radical miracles. And it hurt Kenneth Hagin then, and from then on, man, my mom, we were in church every night, like 70, 71, 72, 73. I thought my mother had lost her mind. <laughs> I mean, church every single night, Seriously. And guess how far we drove to go to church? We would drive uh, about twice a month to John Osteen's church in Houston. Now that's seven hours from where we lived. I told my mom, have you thought about getting a church a little closer? (laughs) I mean, you know know what I mean? When you're a kid, it's like, seriously? So you you didn't really get the impact of it, but there's something about hanging around that word. It's a radical, bold, you could call it a word of faith word. You could call it a spirit of faith. You could call it an attitude of boldness. They knew they'd been with Jesus. Why? Because of their boldness, not their coldness. So that that platform of preaching so boldly built, uh, literally built all these churches. When we got in this in 1970, there were no word of faith churches. Now, every town you go into, I, I preach in the middle of Iowa, I preach in the middle of Nebraska, I preach in the middle of nowhere, and there's Word of Faith churches everywhere. God's raised up a, a group of people that know who God is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, know his, his, his character. Yeah. He's not killing people, He's not stealing from people, He's not destroying. It's the thief that comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. If you've got something going on in your life and it's destroying, it's not the Lord. And now there's a lot of weird teaching. Well, he's going to teach you some things and instruct you through damage, you know? Not one time on my my daughter's way to school that I think I'll break her arm so she'll learn more. That's insane. But people teach that like it's Bible. Well, you don't know my dad. I think I'll say that again. You don't know my dad. He's good and his mercy endures forever. There's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. (laughs) Amen. Oh, come on. He's so good. Bless his heart. Can you, can you believe he, in, in preaching on end times, we'll get into it here in a minute because I got so much I want to get into. And we'll do some different things tonight. Uh, we'll do the seven sins of Sapphira tonight. So that'll be powerful. So get ready for that. But there, there's something about hearing the word, and there's something about the incorruptible seed. When it's sown, it grows up and it becomes, it gets in you to where it transforms you. You're, you're not moved by anything. There's no instability in you. You're unshakable. There's there's a confidence in God, not in our flesh, but a confidence in Him. That's right. Isn't yes. it wonderful? The Holy Spirit's already seen what you look like, and prophesied about you in the book of Daniel. He said you would be strong. You would know your God, and you would do exploits. Hallelujah, yes. Amen. So we're you're that group of people. Isn't it wonderful? Heaven's already spoken about you. Yes. He didn't say we'd be weak. He said we'd be strong. Hallelujah. So this morning, we're, we're privileged that we're, we know who we are in Christ. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Come on, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. He's already presented you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. So he's not mad at you this morning, not frustrated with you. He loves you. He loves you so much that it's just weird. It's like you can, you can do no wrong. He, he's looking at you through corrective lenses. They're stained in the blood of Jesus. Amen. I, I, that blesses me that He sees you faultless, sees you yes. flawless. Amen. He's already presented you holy, unblameable and unreprovable. Amen. So as we get into this, we'll, we'll get into how close we are to the coming of the Lord. I mean, we, uh, I guess it's about probably the last 15 years. Actually, Jonathan Del Turco was the first one to ask me to do end times. That was in like 87. I did a bag of end times teaching, 12 tapes. He asked me to come do it. And I always knew I was supposed to speak on end times, but didn't want to. And so when Jonathan asked me to come do that years ago, I was like, Jonathan, I have like one hour I could do on end times, not 12 hours. <laughs> well, after that, the Bible schools in Europe would have me come preach on gifts of the Spirit or end times. So all the schools overseas, the Raymond schools and Mark Brzee schools, they couldn't get, you know, uh, uh, Billy Brim or couldn't get Hilton Sutton. So they send crazy Uncle Joe. So you do in times in France, nine hours on Friday, ten hours on Saturday, and wow. used, used to they clip their nails while you 're preaching, now they don 't want you to stop after fifteen hours. Wow. So the transformation there 's a church in Paris, my mother preached in, I preached in, and my daughter Lauren preached in three wow. generations. Yeah. And there, there's a difference. Things are changing because of the Word, like a revival over there. Why? Wow, the Lord's about to come back. So I want to I get into all this, how can we tell where we are? It's taken me a long time to get to this point, but how can we tell how close we are to the coming of the Lord? Well, we'll look at some things today that make it super easy, super clear, and it's a motivator. If you see the finish line, you run faster, not slower. Right, right. And I hear people go, well, can you really tell us the, the finish line? When we go through the things you'll see, you'll go, we're at the finish line. We're, the, we're there, and it's uh, wonderful that we get to be that wild generation yes. that's uh, the finishing the book of Acts. Yes. I used to have a series, I preached it all over New England, Acts, how to write your own chapter. Can we follow you around and write down what the Lord's doing in your life? Ooh, good night, everybody. Drive safely. Come on. <laughs> you know, Right now, you're writing your resume for what you'll be doing during the millennium. You yeah. Faithful over, too much, over so much, rule over two cities. Faithful over so much, rule over ten cities. I don't want to be using a weed eater during the millennium, amen? I I want to be ruling with the Lord, come on. Let's pray and we'll get right into the word. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Boscos. Thank you for the building here, Highway Church, Lord. We thank you for everything that was spoken over this church, Lord, a season of fulfillment. We thank you for great grace upon this church. Father, amplify their voice. I thank you for great direction for them, great insight for them, great boldness for them. And, Lord, everything that you've given them, we thank you for this season of fulfillment. Uh, there the, will be a performance of everything that was told them of the Lord. Father, we're amazed that Jesus let himself be beaten for us. So we lift you up, Jesus. We, we take what you did. You, you gave your life. It's the least we can do is to walk in the fullness of what you left us this massive radical inheritance, Lord, we're so grateful. Yes. And Father, for everyone that came this morning, bless their lives, bless their jobs, bless their households, their kids, everything they set their hand to yes. would prosper. We thank you for it. Jesus, as we get into these truths, you be magnified, you yes. be glorified. We'll see you this morning high and lifted up yes. with your train filling the temple. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Jesus. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said, amen. Grab your Bibles there, and if you would, turn over to Isaiah chapter 46. And before you get to Isaiah, let me uh, just back up a second about Matthew. Go to Isaiah 46 and be kind of ready there, if I can find it myself. I know it's here somewhere. But right now, you're you're basically in, in Matthew 24. You don't have to turn there. It's really all talking about the second coming of the Lord, and this is something we can talk about when it comes to end time teaching. I know it, it, it bothers the camera for me to get out of the lights, so I have to stay in the lights. Is that okay? Uh, Uh, Jesus was super, super clear about Matthew 24, what the earth would look like just before the coming of the Lord. They asked him a question, what's it going to look like? He said, well, he answered them with a different kind of answer than what I would have given. Because he was talking to Jewish boys. Talking to the church, he would have said, man, when you see the glory of God going all over the earth, you'll know I'm about to come. They said, what's it going to look like? Jesus answered, tribulation. Okay, The whole book of Daniel, the whole book of Revelation is seven years of what the earth will look like just before the second coming of the Lord. So Jesus even said there in Matthew 24, there's a couple things that would happen just before the tribulation. There'd be famines, there'd be pestilence, there'd be earthquakes in diverse places. So the number one earthquake source in America, guess where it is? I mean, in the world, I'm sorry, number one seismic activity place in the whole entire world, Oklahoma. It's in the USA Today. This is not the Bible, the USA Today. The number one seismic activity location in the world, Oklahoma. Not where the wind comes sweeping down the plains, but where the earthquakes come sweeping down the plains. (laughs) So Jesus said just before the coming of the tribulation, you'd see famines, pestilence, earthquakes. We had COVID. I mean, that's pretty radical. And he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. That word sorrows, we don't use that word much anymore. It's the word birth pains. We don't even use that word very much. We use contractions. Right. So he says, something's going to be coming on the earth, just like a woman going into labor. We call it contractions. But you know what? You don't focus on the contractions. You know, well, these are the neatest contractions I've ever had. No, you focus on the baby that's coming. That's right. So the contractions are pressure, but, but, but Jesus is basically trying to get us to pay attention to what's coming after the contractions. Yes. Yes. And that's the kingdom of God's about to come on the earth. So, so we're watching the earth get ready for it. And we'll go through about 30 or 40, well, about 10 or 15 things that happened in the last 15, 20 years that are signs that the Bible said you'd see just before the coming of the Lord. We'll look at a couple that last, happened five weeks ago. We'll look at some that happened uh, a couple of years ago. One that happened two weeks ago was the Dead Sea turned blood red, right where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Guess what day it turned blood red? The Day of Atonement. Crazy. Okay? So we're going to look at things that are happening. It's like, wow, Jesus is just about to come back. Now that one's kind of crazy, but we'll get into things that are just flawless, inarguable, exact, precise, that show you right where you are. He loves you so much, He wants you to have a heads up. And that's what He said. When you see these things come to pass, lift up your heads, your redemption is drawing nigh. So the whole purpose on end-time preaching is so you're fearless, so you're happy, so you're hopeful. I'll go to a church, the pastor will invite me. He goes, I want you to come do end times, but I was dreading you doing it because I I don't want to hear about end times, and when you finish, they're happy. (laughs) Isn't it sad that the Lord has a a horrible thought pattern? People have a horrible thought pattern about the return of the Lord. I have a friend of mine who has a church of 25,000 people. He said, Joe, I can't teach on end times because it scares my people. I said, then you're teaching it incorrectly. There is no bad news for the church. Let me say that again. There is no bad news for the church. Now, I hear people on TV that will say things that scare people, but they're using gospel verses about the second coming. You get into the epistles, and you are not in darkness, so that day would overtake you as the thief. The tone changes from before the resurrection to after the resurrection. You've got to get that straight, or you'll feel like you don't qualify. Well, that's a whole lot said right there. So grab your Bibles, and let's go and look why we get into this. Go to Isaiah 46. Grab your Bibles there, and we'll run over to Isaiah chapter 46. It's page 819 if you've got a Bible like mine. Okay. <laughs> Verse number 9 of Isaiah 46. He said, Remember the former things of old. I'm God, there's none else. I'm God, there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Well, the, the, the translation of that is, hey, this is how you can tell I'm God. I'll tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Amen. Okay? What's wonderful about the Bible, uh, this is the only book that gives you future. Yeah. You can talk to a Buddhist, you can talk to a Muslim, their book doesn't give you future. This is the only book that yeah. gives you future. Amen. Ezekiel prophesied the very year that Israel will be reestablished as a nation. Gabriel told Daniel the year Jesus would come came exactly to the year. Let me read something to you that's so cool. This is a lot of info, but run with me for a second. Listen to the first ten names of guys in the Bible and watch how cool God is or how flawless He is. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enos means mortal. Canaan means sorrow. Meheliel means the blessed God. Jared means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death brings. Lamech means despairing. And Noah means rest. Put them all together. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Gives you the entire plan of redemption with the first ten names of guys in the Bible. God's so cool. He he had a a marker or a walking timepiece with Noah. Methuselah. You know what Methuselah means? I just read it. His death brings. When Methuselah dies, judgment comes. Guess what happened the very year Methuselah died? What happened? The flood came. He was a marker for them. You'd been looking at Methuselah. I'd been looking, are you feeling okay? Everything good? <laughs> Have you got food? <laughs> if Methuselah had, had a cold, you'd be like, it's over. No, no. <laughs> you want to make sure he lived. He's the longest living man ever. So God held off judgment as long as he could. But that's pretty much miraculous that they had a walking timepiece, yeah. and then all of a sudden you had animals get into the ark. Yeah. Think of the people mocking Noah, then all of a sudden animals lined up two by two. I can't even get my dog to jump in the truck. <laughs> Much less getting a whole herd of animals to climb on a boat. How crazy would that be? I would have stood back and gone, how in the world is he doing that? Well, supernatural. And the Bible says that he was warned of God. It's the word crematazio, to be divinely instructed to build the ark. Anna and Simeon divinely instructed that they wouldn't see death until they saw the Messiah. That's the word uh, divinely instructed, crematazio. So in the Old Covenant, if they could be divinely instructed of of the times of the Lord, we should be too. The only time Jesus ever rebuked the crowd, hang with me, he rebuked the Pharisees over and over and over again because he didn't like their thought pattern. The one time he rebuked the crowd, he said, you can tell what the weather's going to be, but you don't know your hour your visitation. So it frustrated him that they didn't know the time they were in. How much more should we know it now with everything going on yes. that points to His return? Yeah. Why would we get into this? You see the finish line, you make changes. If you thought the Lord was coming back tomorrow, you'd be a lot sweeter tonight. Yeah. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine what we you doing the night before the rapture of the church? Hey, what's going on? Chewing somebody out. I mean, would that be horrible? Yeah. Acting like the devil right before the coming of the Lord? Come on. No, the, the closer you get to Jesus, there should be more kindness. There should be more softness. There should be a sweetness about you. Anybody that spends time with Jesus, it takes all the rough edges away. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm re- I ran a lot of prayers. They go, I'm a real prayer. No, you're not. You'd be happy if you prayed. Come on. <laughs> well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. <laughs> Start the car. I'll be right there. Come on. All right, grab your Bibles. And I hate to stay out of the light, but I'm going to go back to Luke 21. Let's, let's look. How, how can we tell? Let's look at something this morning that's concrete, that's easy to understand. Go to Luke 21, and let's look at where we are and how Jesus will show us two different things that will show you exactly where you are in time. All right, go to Luke 21, verse 24. It's so cool. Luke 21, verse 24. It's page 108, if you've got a Bible like mine. Want to be cool? When we all have the same Bible. Won't that be easy? That'd yeah, be so good. All right. Look at Luke 21 verse 24. Watch Jesus make this super easy to understand. Luke 21 verse 24, and they'll fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations, and Jerusalem will be trodden down of the Gentiles or nations, until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus tied timing to Jerusalem. He said, Hey, when you see the Jews get Jerusalem back, times up. Okay, when did that happen? 1967. We call it the Six Day War. We know we're at the end of six days of human history. Jerusalem gets won back. And Jesus said, When you see that, man, uh, the, t- the time of the Gentiles is pretty much up. Okay, so what happened? Uh, 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 everything focuses on Jerusalem. If you live west of Jerusalem, you read left to right. If you live east of Jerusalem, you read right to left. The Bible said Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling for all nations. You can go up on the Temple Mount, you can go into the old city of Jerusalem. The devil's so stupid, he builds a mosque everywhere Jesus did something cool. I mean, like right there, what was that? That was the Mount of Ascension. They put a mosque right there. What's that? That's where Jesus was beaten. They put a mosque right there. What's that? That's where he was raised from the dead. Uh, Everywhere the Lord did something amazing, the devil thought he could cover it up, and all he did was give you a tour guide. You could go, something cool must have happened there. Something cool must have happened there. That's right. You can go up on the Temple Mount, and in Arabic, in the, in the middle of the Dome of the Rock, it says, there is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. There is no Son of God. Because there, no there is a Son of God. His name's Jesus. He was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. So here, Jesus ties timing to, to, to this happening. So we know this. You think of all the miracles that happened. I won't run through them because I, I want to keep moving with the signs. But remember, one of the ones that was amazing was the Egyptian army was coming down against Israel. Eighty-eight Egyptian tanks. And one Israeli cook, he was sitting there going, Okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. He figured out how to load shells into his own tank. Climbs into a tank. He's a cook. Does, never, never fired a shot before ever. Climbs into a tank. Loads the tank up. Starts firing shells at the Egyptians. Next thing you know, the Egyptian commander came out with a white flag. He said, I'm here to surrender to the highest-ranking officer. And the the, the, the Israeli cook goes, highest-ranking officer? It's just me. (laughs) He goes, no, it's not just you. He said, all night the whole countryside was filled with tanks with men dressed in white. You've been shelling us all night. We can't take it anymore. It's called a miracle. You can Google it. It's called Against All Odds. You can see the guy I'm talking about. He said, we don't even believe in this stuff, but something happened. Jerusalem was won back. So in your lifetime, the, the thing that Jesus kind of was, was looking at timing to, we'll look at here a little bit more here in a second, has already happened. So let's go a little further. Keep going. Go down to verse number 29 and watch Jesus make this even clearer. In verse 29, he said, Look at the fig tree, that's the nation of Israel, and all the trees, those are the prophetic nations around Israel. Now here we go, verse 30. The next three verses, he's going to make it super, super clear. Next three verses, verse 30. When they now shoot forth their bud, you see and know of your own selves that summer, our harvest is nigh at hand. Hmm. Likewise, I like the word likewise. Just as bold as you are when you see the trees turn. I live in Oklahoma, man. Come fall, the trees start, to, you know, the leaves fall. It's brown, the grass is brown, the trees are brown. But come March or April, all of a sudden, man, the trees turn, the grass turns. You go, some, the spring's coming. You can feel it. I've never heard somebody go, hey, summer's not coming this year. Well, no, no, the the trees are budding. The the grass is changing. It's communicating and preaching to me that summer's coming. Here he said, likewise, just as bold as you are about that, when you see Israel made a nation, the fig tree budded in 1948. Just as bold as you are about the trees turning, when you see the fig tree bud, watch what he says. Man, he gets pretty bold right here. Say, buckle up, Jesus. Here we go. Look at verse 30. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves, that summer or harvest is nigh hand. Likewise, in the same manner, when you see these things come to pass, know. No. Circle the word know. He's, no. He, he's saying this so you don't wonder, so you don't sense. He said know no. that the kingdom of God is nigh hand. Now buckle up. You ready? He said you could look at the fig tree and know the kingdom's nigh hand because it budded. All right, look at the next verse. Look at verse 32. You ready? Verily I say unto you, this generation. What generation? The one that sees the fig tree bud and Jerusalem one back. This generation shall not pass away till all is fulfilled. He said, when you see these things, what are these things? Israel regathered and Jerusalem one back. He said, the group of people that sees those two events will not pass away till all is fulfilled. I was answering that lady's question. He said, if you see those two, I got 65 I can give you. Yeah, yeah. He said, if you see two, you're the generation he's coming for. I hear people go, I'm not comfortable with that. It don't matter. <laughs> I hear people say, I don't believe that. It don't matter. Tag, you're it, whether you like it or not. It's happened in your lifetime. I mean, it's like, sorry, they're regathered. Jerusalem was won back, boom. He said the generation sees those things will not pass away until all is fulfilled. I mean, think about how the, the Kenneth Hagin, a minister years ago, prophesied there'd be a spirit of seeing and a spirit of knowing on the church. Where's that from? That verse right there. Now hang with me for a second because I want to I want to get into a little bit more before we run through the signs. This is just stuff that's just amazing. Okay, an Australian general named Allenby, Robert Allenby. He comes flying into Israel in 1917 in a biplane. 1917 is a pretty famous year. There was a movie last year about 1917, about World War I. Okay, so Alami from Australia flies into Israel in the land, and they passed out leaflets before he flew in, saying, Alamy's coming, Alamy's coming, Alamy's coming. Well, what's the big deal about that? Well, in Arabic, his name meant a prophet sent from God to deliver you your land. So the Turks, they thought, well, we can't fight against God. They dropped their weapons. Israel got their land in 1917. Amazing called the Balfour Declaration. Yes, yes. Okay, big deal, huge deal. England goes, it's your land. Zionism right there. Israel regathered, 1917. Another thing happened, Kenneth Hagan was born. The Lord appeared to his mother, told him to name him John. She didn't name him John, she named him Kenneth. Don't you love that? Yeah. Jesus goes, name your son John. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that name. Yeah. Why? What? <laughs> I mean, the Lord tells you what to name your kid. You tell him you don't, you don't want to do it. But it's a pretty big deal. And... Uh, Guess what Hagin means in the Hebrew? One, to go before to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Okay, so there's a lady in Mark Brzee's church, uh, an evangelist that died about five or six years ago. She's in heaven talking. They defibrillated her. She's in heaven talking to Jesus, and she sees Kenneth Hagin. She goes, look, there's Kenneth Hagen." And Jesus said, you mean John? <laughs> so if your name's supposed to be John, it's supposed to be John. So Kenneth Hagen, you know, uh, he, some people may not know him, but all, like all, uh, you think of all the Bible schools all over Europe. Uh, I preached in Norway, I preached in Nice, I preached in you name it, Italy, all over Italy, all just Switzerland, Lausanne, Geneva, Zurich, uh, Kur, Longenthal, Basel. Just because of Kenneth Hagin sowing the word, right, right. no fanfare whatsoever, okay. zero fanfare, almost so boring. As a kid, I thought, is that all he's going to preach? Mark eleven twenty three every service. Bo- I mean, it's boring as I'll get out. Hello? <laughs> sowing the word, sowing the word, sowing the word. Zero fanfare. Zero fanfare, getting the earth ready for the coming of the Lord. The Lord told His mother He would have a part, not everything. He would have a part in getting the earth ready. So here in our lifetime, all this stuff is happening to where uh, Jesus is just about to come. So let's go through some more. I, I've taken longer than I mean to, but let's just run through. you got Israel made a nation. you got Jerusalem one back. Jesus said the generation sees those two. You're it. So let's pick up a few more that will bless you. After that, you, you see that the Hebrew language was restored. Because the Bible says just before the coming of the Lord, he'd do that. 120 years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now everybody speaks Hebrew in Israel. One guy, who had Ben-Yehuda, said, you know what? We used to speak Hebrew here. We, all, we ought to speak Hebrew. Got words for fountain pen and airplane. And, and so the language was restored. Wow. Google it. Never happened ever in history. You can't find them speaking Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite. You can hear him speak in Hebrew. Because God said he would do that just before the coming of the Lord. Wow. So you got Israel regathered. Why has he regathered them? He's going to court Israel and he's going to present himself to his brethren just like Joseph did. Everything that's happening right now is preparation for the king to do that. Hallelujah. So you got the language restored. Oh, man, you got the Ethiopian Jews brought back in one day. They, they, C 130s flew down into Ethiopia, airlifted them out. It's pretty cool on the manifest on the airplane. Well, How many people? What's on the manifest? 180 passengers. When they landed, they had 187. Babies were born on those airplanes on their way. Chuck Roberts on CNN Headline News said, An exodus that eclipses the book of Exodus. Listen, when CNN goes to preaching about what the Lord's doing, you better lift up your heads because Jesus is about to come back. Why was it an exodus that eclipsed the book of Exodus? happened in one day. One day, their 18,000 are airlifted. So you got the language restored. you got the Ethiopian Jews airlifted out. So, so you have all this stuff getting ready. After that, you've got the revival of the Roman Empire. Why is that a big deal? That's the United States of Europe, the EU. Like I said, I preached in Norway one time, flew to Nice. They don't even stamp your passport. It's the United States of Europe. They have the woman from the book of Revelation on their money. You want to get even weirder? Google their capital building today in Strasbourg, France. It's not similar to the Tower of Babel. It's identical to the Tower of Babel. It's fragmented at the top. Their statement is, we'll be our own gods. Now, why is that a big deal? Here, I'll give you bonuses this morning. I won't keep you all day. I'll give you a couple bonuses. Ready for a bonus? Emmanuel Macron, France's president, he's been going into Lebanon, trying to be like a savior to Lebanon, went into Baghdad a couple weeks ago, tried to bridge the gap between uh, Iran and America. Emmanuel means God with us. Macron means the mark. He's the French president, the capital building of the EUs in France. He he looks even like the Antichrist in the Left Behind series. (laughs) I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, but if he's not, he missed a wonderful opportunity. (laughs) Okay. And the main thing about him is his heritage is part Assyrian, part Jew. Okay. And that's what the Bible says he'd be. But the Bible's clear about the Antichrist can't be revealed until you depart. Right. The church has so much authority, you have to be taken off the earth because right. he can't even come on the scene, Paul right, said. Right, 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 right. Pretty amazing. So you have this EU. You, uh, you can go to the Capitol building and the, the markings from the walls are all from the book of Nebuchadnezzar. The, the art out in front of the building is a molecule of iron magnified. Because uh, Daniel saw iron and clay. Yeah. So you see all this stuff in position that God said you'd see just before the coming of the Lord. So much more. Let's go through a few more that are just radical. Let me give, give you a couple from the, just this last year. Just this last year, four or five months ago, maybe three months ago, Russia rebuilt the temple arch in Palmyra, Syria, for Baal worship. Why is that a big deal? That's where the Tower of Babel was. Why is that a big deal? That's the last thing the Talmud says you'll see before the Messiah comes. That happened this last year. You got fish start showing up in the Dead Sea last year. Ezekiel prophesied that 2,700 years ago. So see, you're living when all these verses are coming to pass. You, we were talking about this earlier. He had foxes show up on the Temple Mount. That's from Lamentations 5:18. The Bible said when the Temple Mount gets so desolate, you've got animals on, on the Temple Mount. You'd never have that before because of the glory of God being there. All right, boy, there's so much more. Let's get, it, let's, let's get into a few more. This one's kind of crazy. The Animal Planet Channel a few years ago, I was watching. Now, this Israeli ornithologist was on there. The only reason I know what an ornithologist is, it's a bird specialist. My brother was. I, I've said it. My brother went to college for nine years to study birds. Can you imagine? I mean, and my dad said, What'd you learn? He said, I learned how to play poker. So <laughs> he turned his bird specialty into playing cards. But anyway, this Israeli ornithologist said, It's the largest gathering of predatory birds ever in history. 172 different species start showing up in the land of Israel. She said, We don't understand it. Why well, freaked out? Yeah. Why? Just after the rapture of the church, you have the Ezekiel thirty-eight war. God calls on the fowl of the air to come clean the land up. Seven years later, at the Battle of Armageddon, you have the the fowl of the air there to clean the land up. So you got the cleanup crew in Israel right now. So you got fish in position. You got birds in position. You got Russia in position. Russia built nine bases in Syria. Let me say that again. China just landed airplanes in, in Afghanistan. I mean, you've got Russian bases all over Syria. Why is that a big deal? Every week, Israel does an airstrike on Iranian missiles that they've hauled down through Syria to try to get on the border of Israel, and Israel takes them out every single week. Russia even told Israel three weeks ago, you can't keep doing that. And Israel said, watch us, and they went right ahead and bombed them again. Where are they bombing them? Right outside the city limits of Damascus. The Bible says in Isaiah 17, 1, Damascus will be removed from being a city. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to go, something blew up in Damascus, and Damascus ain't there no more. Because Iran's so crazy. See, their doctrine is if they annihilate Israel, it brings their Messiah in. And their, their Messiah is going to kill all the Christians and all the Jews, and Jesus is supposed to come back with him and say, I'm not the Son of God. All those doctrines uh, always want to discount that Jesus is not the right. Son of God. So you're watching the setup for all of this. Yeah. We'll go through a few more because I want you to get these. This is crazy. Okay, midway through the trib, the Jews are going to go into Petra for hiding. Remember where all those uh, hieroglyphic walls are and all those caves are? Well, the Bible says somehow they go in there and get away from the Antichrist. There's no water there. A couple of years ago, water comes shooting out of a rock and forms a perfect river the size of this building. So they already got water before they get there. It's crazy. Sign after sign after sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. After sign. Right. Let me give you one for the History Channel. You ready for the History Channel? Because I know this is a lot of info, so I don't want it to be too boring. Is everybody with me a minute? Yeah. Everybody, everybody with me? Because this is so, how, how, it shows how close we are. Yeah. The History Channel talked about Bishop Malachi from the year 1129 A.D. We'd say Malachi. They called him Malachi. He had a vision of every pope that would be on the earth all the way up to the coming of the Lord. And this guy had a vision of their coat of arms. Now, the coat of arms for a pope would be like a crest in, in Scotland or in England. your know, crest would show different things. They would be a mm, worshiping pope a preaching pope or a naval pope or, or whatever. He got the coat of arms correct 114 out of 114. Wow. Now, in baseball, if you bat three out of ten, you make a pretty good living. He, he, he's 114 out of 114. Wow. You know what the History Channel did? That's statistically impossible. Only a God can do that. Okay, what was the 114th Pope that he saw? The one we have right now. So he got it right 114 out of 114. And the world, a secular show, says that only a God can do that? That's your daddy. Amen. So you have all these signs. We, we, we've got many more we could get into. But all of them are to show us how close we are. Yes. Now, what's this for? Okay, my daughter, Lauren, in high school, she ran cross country. And she trained about three to five miles a day, literally. I trained with her on my motorcycle. Yeah. I'd be right there with her. You're doing great, Lauren. <laughs> I'm serious. I would be tireder after riding beside her than she ran. I mean, she just does not get tired. I mean, she's just, it's amazing. So I would go to her cross-country events every weekend. They were Saturday mornings. And I'd go preach every weekend. But I'd get to go to her events. And I'd book my ticket for later in the day. I'd go to her cross-country events. You know, I'm all excited to be there with her. She's been working so hard so that she can handle this endurance and it doesn't faze her. So she's running the first mile. I get to the first mile marker like this pole I'm standing there. I'm waving at her. She's going, how far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? Lauren, you got four or five more miles. Pace yourself. So she'd take off run, and keep running. I'd run to the next mile marker. She'd come run up. How far, Daddy? How far, Daddy? Lauren, you got two more miles. Pace yourself. I'd get to the last mile marker. I'd cut through the field. She'd come running up. She wouldn't say, how far, Daddy? She saw the finish line, and her countenance changed. Yeah. Every bit of the training, was for when she saw that, was yeah. to accelerate. Yeah. That's what the church has to do. Yeah. Right now, the church is going, is it it really the last days? (laughs) Good night, everybody. Drive safely. I mean, people, how how can you be bold about it? I'm going to give you some more science here in a second. And then as we get to the signals, it freaks us out because God's like going, hello, I want you to know I'm about to come back. I mean, mean, that that Dead Sea turning blood red on the Day of Atonement, that's radical. That's like the Lord going, hello. All right, let's talk about a couple more. There's so many cool ones that are uh, just uh, a crazy. Why would, God, why would we get into this? You're about to see him. Cool. Yeah. Right. These songs we sing, we, we love him, we worship him, we honor him. We're about, you're about to see the king, the protocol for seeing God span the heavens in his hand, the depth of the ocean in the palm of his hand, 100, 100 billion galaxies like ours with 100 billion suns, stars, Calls them all by name, just so we'll have twinkle lights at night. <laughs> Serves us no other purpose than walking out going, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> hey, man, he's just, he's just cool. Yes. All right, let's go through a couple more. This is one that's from, from uh, Rabbi Kaduri, one of the rabbis that was in Israel, that Jesus appeared to, and he gave his life to the Lord. I mean, so he kept it quiet for a year because he knew the rabbis would freak out. I mean, they're so strict and all that. So Jesus appears to him. He gets saved. How cool is that? (laughs) I mean, writes a letter, said, open this letter a year after I've gone home. They opened the letter up and said, I've come to know Jesus as the Messiah, fulfilled the feast flawlessly. And then he prophesied that just before the coming of the Lord, Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins. So this last year, you had Israel ruled by Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz. So he prophesied that in 2005. So you have everything. you got fish in the Dead Sea, (laughs) Russia all over Syria. You've got uh, foxes on the Temple Mount, predatory birds there. All this stuff uh, right before the coming of the Lord to preach to us that there's a change coming. Yes, yes. So nature's telling us there's a change coming. You've got asteroids. You've got NASA. You have an asteroid next week the size of the Eiffel Tower. You had asteroids in October on the 5th, the 15th, and the 25th. You had one uh, a week ago 1,800 miles from the earth. You have one in 2029 called Wormwood. That's what NASA called it. They said you'll be able to see it for two years before it comes by in 2029. I was preaching in the Ukraine 30 years ago, and I said what was coming an asteroid called Wormwood's coming. It's going to make a third of the water's radioactive. And everybody gasped when I said Wormwood. I said, what's Wormwood mean? Chernobyl. So you have all this nature stuff, bird stuff, heavenly stuff. So, so God's just trying to get our attention. I don't have to have that because i got a witness in my spirit. Okay, okay. All this stuff is for people that are so busy they need some signs. Okay, I want to get to signals for just a second. I want to close. I want to give you a couple more things. You have all these signs of the coming of the Lord. Why would you need them? Okay, if you're driving from here to Boston, you're coming up 90 to 93. Uh, What does it say, 37 miles or something? The next sign says 22 miles. Next sign says 15 miles. Next sign says, hey, you don't freak out. You're getting closer to Boston. So the signs are not there to scare you, the signs are there to show you you're getting close to your destination. Once you, once you get to your destination, you got signals. Let's talk about signals for a minute, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be dismissed. i got a couple of other things to get into for a second. Everybody with me a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, guys, you guys are so sweet. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah. Let's talk about the signals, then i got one other thing I'll get into as we get into the signals. So what are the signals? The Bible says in Genesis that the planets would be for signals for us. Psalm says the heavens declare the glory of God. Okay, so you, what? you had blood-red moons on Passover and Tabernacles. Several years ago. That's a pretty big deal. Why is it a big deal? Passover and Tabernacles. Passover is when He died for us. Tabernacles is when the second coming is going to be, and He's going to come back and tabernacle with men. So the heavens are going, I died for you. I'm coming back. (laughs) I died for you. I'm coming back. Passover and Tabernacles. When's the last time you had four in a row on Passover and Tabernacles? 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. 1948 when Israel was made a nation. 1492 at the Edict of expulsion when the Jews were kicked out of Spain. And God raised up Columbus to sail the ocean blue in 1492. What did Columbus find? America. What did America become? A safe harbor for the Jews. Yes, yes, right. So you got signals. God's going like this. Hello. And then last year you had the Bethlehem Star. That's a pretty big deal. Remember the Magi at the birth of Jesus? They, they rode by camels 700 miles. If I got my buddies to go by camels for 700 miles, they'd say, it better be the best light show you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I could see Ross and all my buddies to go like, this better be over the top, Morris, come on. Well, the, 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 they got there, and all of a sudden you got Jupiter, king planet, Regulus, Regal, king planet, Venus, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Venus a mother planet. All three of them came together at the birth of Jesus. What was the constellation? Virgo. All right, this last year, NBC Nightly News, Lester Holt. We have a celestial event. Jupiter, Regulus, Venus, Bethlehem star. First time in 2,000 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the constellation? Leo. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you have tons more. You had Mercury do a fly by the sun. went down directly over the Temple Mount. The coordinates for the Temple Mount. The planets formed a sickle. The moon formed a sickle. Orion changed its instrument to hammer. Hammer and sickle on the same day russia's symbol all right you got the september 23rd sign i don't have time to go through all that but it's the woman clothed with the sun with a cluster of stars for a crown it happened in 2017 wow on the on the very day that israel was told they can't police the temple mount so you got all this stuff happening in in conjunction with israel Let me give you a crazy one. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. Everybody with me? I'm just going to give you some facts. You ready for some facts? Please don't shoot the messenger because I'm not one way or another on this. I'll I'll give you something about Trump. This one's crazy. Trump was uh, born uh, midway through his presidency. There was a blood moon, wolf moon, super moon on that January 21st. When Trump was born, uh, there was a, a blood moon. 700 days after he was born, Israel was made a nation. Okay, when Trump was elected, Benjamin Netanyahu had been in office seven years, seven months, seven days. When Trump was elected, he was 70 years old, seven months, seven days. Moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem yeah, after yeah. 70 years. Yeah. All right, the rapture is probably going to be on Feast of Trumpets. Back then when you said our president's name and vice president's name, Trump and Pence, trumpets, that yeah. meant the coming of the Lord. The president and the vice president's name meant the coming of the Lord, trumpets, trumpets. If you have told me that t- 20 years ago, I'd say, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, why is that a big deal? The Lord's coming back. <laughs> it's you know it's, it's like you put all if it was just one it'd be one thing but you get all if I if I went through all the signs there's 60 somewhat of them because wow. he loves you yes. everything about this is because he loves you yes, so much yes. what is this for okay think about it because I'm gonna give you one more thing you think about my wife Colleen she's coming down the aisle I'm standing there this is so cool we're about to get married how many of you talked more when you were engaged I mean, Colleen and I almost burned up a cell phones. You know I mean? We talked so much. Did you guys, were you, did you, you probably didn't even talk to each other while you are engaged, did you? Um, FaceTime. FaceTime a, FaceTime, a lot. Well, see, <laughs> normal people talk a lot <laughs> when they get engaged. <laughs> I, wouldn't be, okay, now, wouldn't it be weird if Colleen's walking down the aisle? She's in her wedding dress, and I'm standing right there. This is so cool. We're getting ready to get married, and all of a sudden, Colleen's dress has got mud all over it. She's been playing out in the mud, rolling around. Wouldn't that be weird? I'm looking up, going, look at her dress, and then she comes walking up toward me like this. Oh, my God, I'm about to marry that guy. Another one bites the dust. Now, That, that would not be cool, but that, that's the church walking toward the rapture. Is the rapture really going to happen? You think, you think, you think it's going to happen? Would that how excited would you be about your wedding if your wife to be goes, "Oh my God, I'm marrying that guy!" You'd be like, "Wow, this is not cool. No. The Lord wants the church actually excited to see him. Could you imagine about to get married, and not even know it? How many of your weddings caught you by surprise? Whoop, I'm married. No. My daughter's wedding, we had like nine bridesmaids. You, I've never worked so hard in all my life. It didn't just happen. There was protocol to get everything ready. Well, see, you're about to meet the king. There's some protocol to meet the king, and that's worship and honor and magnify and glorify the king of kings and lord of lords. As opposed to all of a sudden, we're there, and we're like, Wow, I'm about to get married, the marriage supper of the lamb. What's going Oh, my God, yeah. Because most of the church is like, Is it really right now? Jesus said, the generation sees these 2 you're it. We're so privileged. And the thing we should be talking about, and and I'm going to stop right now because it's 1134. I'm going to give you one more point, and that's the reward seat of Christ is what we should be focusing on. Because all of a sudden, right after the rapture, you're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ. And we say that word judgment, that's the wrong word. It's the word bema, B-E-M-A, means reward seat. I hear people preaching that you're going to the judgment seat of Christ. scares you. Have you ever seen somebody in the Olympics go, I'm going to the podium, but I'm so afraid to get a gold, silver, or bronze? No. I mean, oh, my God. No. But see, the judgment seat's taught like that. That's a wrong translation. It's the reward seat. In the Olympics, you get up there, you get a gold, you get a silver, you get a bronze. You're, you're excited to bear or wear something that showed your faithfulness. All of a sudden, fire is going to hit your life, and it's going to check the motive of your heart. It's not going to judge your sin. Sin was laid on Jesus. It's going to judge the motive of your heart, whether it's wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones. Yeah, that's good. That's wood, good. hay, and stubble is all above the ground. Things that people see you do, you probably won't get a reward for. It's the hidden things of the heart. Gold is your devotional life. Silver, the Bible says the tongue of the just is choice silver. The precious stones were on the priest's chest. He'd go into the presence of God for the people. It's what you do for other people. It's the unselfishness of your life. All of a sudden that fire is going to hit your life and you're going to be left with all those stones, gold, silver, and precious stones and you're going to go into the millennial reign of Christ wearing your faithfulness. Your uniform will be based on what you did during this dispensation. Some people have stripes right here, contrasting stitching. Went to church on Sunday nights, went to church on Wednesday nights, uh, soul winner. You'll have stitching all over your robe showing what you did. Wow. Just like in the military, I've never seen a general come on a plane with a four star, four stars, and go, ah, I'm faithful, I'm faithful, check it out, look at the stars of a general. Yeah. Woo. You ever seen a general do that? No, he doesn't do that. His uniform preaches for him. Your faithfulness right now will preach for you throughout the whole millennial reign. Your clothing will be like that. You'll be clothed with glory and honor. That word there is regal. You'll wear your regalness. Your faithfulness is going to be all over your body. You don't want to wear a speedo bathing suit during the millennial reign of Christ. People go, Aha! Did nothing during the church age, huh? So, I mean, think about right now. That's what we should be focusing on. John Wesley said, give me ten men that hate sin and love God, and I will change the world. He said, let God set you on fire. People will come watch you burn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to see John Wesley You get to heaven. You'll see his robe. And you'll go, check that robe out. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. He won't be jealous. You'll go, well, I wish I had a robe like that. No. you <laughs> will go, look, they gave their life for the Lord. So we still have some time. We still have some time. that We're about to be caught up. We're about to be raptured. This mortal is going to put on immortality. The stain of Adam is going to be taking off of us. We've borne the image of the earthy. We'll bear the image of the heavenly. I can't wait because my weight is perfect, but my height is not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am the perfect weight if I was 6'4". So. <laughs> so how cool is that to all of a sudden have that change? I'm going to get a glorified body. I mean, think about your glorified body. Never get tired again. Never gain weight again? Wow. And you see what a glorified body looked like? Jesus walked through the wall. First thing he, they said, he's the spirit. He goes, no, no, handle me. A spirit have not flesh and bones, you see, I have. The first thing he asked for, do you have any meat? He didn't say, do you have any kale? He didn't say, have any broccoli? He said, do you have any meat? He said, where's the beef? So in his glorified body, he had an appetite. We have this tendency to think we're going to get to heaven and play harps for a thousand years. If that was true, we'd be in harp class right now, no? You're going to be ruling over people for a thousand years. You're going to be implementing the kingdom of God. You're going to be raising up natural people that are born again, that make mistakes. Maybe a natural-bodied saint falls off a ladder and breaks his neck right there. You've already seen it in a vision called a word of wisdom. You walk through the wall. I walk over to him and said, man, it's a good thing you live in the millennium. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. It's in you to raise people up. That's what you'll be doing for a thousand years. That's why we're tasting of the powers of the word to come. Sometimes we're frustrated because one thing is to taste it, another thing is to enjoy it. You're gonna have a thousand years of fulfillment like that. That so the rapture's not an ending; it's a beginning. Yes, that's right. I hear people go, oh, "I got so much in my heart. Don't want the Lord to come back." Hello, you're gonna live forever. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I, and I'm shutting up. But in the millennium, you're gonna have roller coasters. Life will be very natural, but you'll be in a glorified body. You've never seen a roller coaster, as you see one in the millennium. Come on. Yeah. Do you want to go faster? Yeah, let's go. And the, bless, the mortals, bless their hearts, they'll be holding on for dear life, and we'll just be going, woo, let's go, come on. Yeah. So there, there's a great season coming for all of our lives. Yeah. To be with the king, assisting the king, yes, yes. and you're, you're the forerunner to that. Or you're the previews for the millennial reign of Christ. Mm-hmm. Can people look at your life and see the victory and the joy that you have before the kingdom even comes? That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, the new James Bond movie, I saw the previews. They were, the previews were so good, I was like, oh, my God, i got to go see that James Bond movie. The previews were so good. You know what I'm saying? So are, are we presenting to the earth what the previews for the millennial reign of Christ is right, like? Right, right, right. His mercy, his kindness, his love, his goodness. I'm telling you, he just loves you. He lo- I'm stopping right now. It's 1140. He loves you, loves you, loves you, yeah. loves you, loves Thank you. Let it get branded in your spirit this morning. He's not mad at you, not frustrated with you. He loves you. He wants you fulfilled, wants you excited, wants you happy. And get this in your heart. You're about to see Him face to face. Father, we thank You. We thank You for these days of great change. Days of great change, time of the glory of God in the church. Father, help us in the church. Literally let Jesus be seen by all. Not religion, not tradition, Jesus. We thank you for demonstrations of the Holy Ghost, miracles, signs and wonders, divers miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it. We give you glory, and give you honor, and we give you praise. You know, if I if I told you how many miracles I've seen the last four or five years, preaching on end times, even more than ever, preaching on miracles. It just it's bizarre. It just it's so much mercy involved. It's crazy. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.